Welcome to Centre Church. We hope you enjoyed this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. We've been speaking on this idea of faith and faith in the real world as we got it there. Real life, real faith, real God. And we've had um, a number of passages or a number of times we've heard uh, spoken from uh, Hebrews 11, which is, if you like, the hall of fame for faith. And so we've had a number of passages used there, and we've had a number of uh, times that folks have spoken from that. And a few weeks ago, Wish was sharing from that, and as she was sharing, so two, three particular verses, the message was great, but I felt these three verses spoke to me to bring today to then ex- expand upon and talk about a bit further. So um, if we go to, there we go. And I want to talk about the rewards of our faith. And we started out by saying our faith is in God and our faith are in his promises. It's not just, it's not our faith. It's not something, faith in us. It's faith in God and faith in his promises. It's something he gives us because we have a measure of faith and we cultivate that and develop that. Some people say faith is a muscle and as we use it, we get more faith. Do you see those things? Yes? Okay. So we're going to talk about the rewards of our faith. The next one, please. Ooh, it's bigger up there, that's good, it's tiny up there. Fortunately, I've got it printed out here. Uh, it was two, piece, two particular parts of Hebrews 11 I felt was important. Hebrews 11.2, which says, For by faith the elders obtained a good testimony. Love that. For by faith they obtained a good testimony. We've been hearing testimonies, I'm going to talk about that in a moment. And then later down the same passage in verses 39 and 40, it says... And all these, all those who've operated by faith, having obtained a good testimony through faith, there it is again, did not receive the promise. They didn't get what they expected to receive. Why? Because God provided something better for us. He joined us with them that they should not be made perfect apart from us. So they didn't receive, because they're Old Testament stories of faith, They hadn't received the same promise that we've received, which again is why I wanted us to say that all of the promises are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. Yeah? Yeah? Wonderful. Good, good. So, a good testimony. What's a testimony? We've heard some testimonies uh, over the last number of weeks, but what is a testimony? It's a word we throw around in, in church. It's a word we talk about in Christian terms. But what is testimony? And that's the next slide. Um, Testimony. A witness account of what was experienced. I saw it. I was at the football yesterday. It was a 4-0 win for Brighton. Wow! (laughs) Ruth was with me a few weeks ago. We were at the football and we were watching them play Liverpool. And they won 3-0. That's a testimony. (laughs) Whoa. But it's also truthful testimony. I was also there when they played Fulham and they lost 1-0. So, you know, but... A testimony, it's an eyewitness account of what actually happened. Yes? Okay, so that's a testimony. It's also used in a court of law, isn't it? So it's something that you can convict somebody by if it's a truthful statement. But also, a testimony, or perhaps we might call it a testimonial, is a commendation for good conduct, for work or service. And that's also embedded in what it says there. They obtained a good testimony. Not just their witness was such that they told the truth about God, but actually God witnessed them and was willing to say, good and faithful servant. 
So a commendation for good conduct, work, or service. Maybe if you uh, are a working person and you know, maybe once a year, maybe more frequently, but at least once in a year, you'll probably have an annual review and it's that time when your boss hopefully says, well done, you've done a good job. Here's a double-decker. Um, or Mars bar, or whatever it is you, you particularly like. Um, or, or maybe it's you, you know, when, when you, you get delivery or something like this, and they say, please, will you give us a review? That's a testimony. Those, those are testimonies. Okay, so in Hebrews 11, we read of some of those accounts, and I like to use the word account, if I can, rather than stories, because these aren't stories like fairy tales that have been made up. These are accounts of things that actually happened. That's something we really need to remember. The Bible is truth. It's not something made up. Yeah? So that's quite important. Um, I'm getting off track. Back on track. In Hebrews, we read of some of the accounts of what people had done by faith in God and in his promises. And what I want to pick up on is Hebrews 11, 33, and the first part of it. There we go. That some of them who through faith conquered or subdued kingdoms administered justice, and gained what was promised. And I want to think about those three things in relation to faith. Subdued kingdoms, I'm going to talk about moving mountains. Because it's the same sort of thing, isn't it? If we subdue a kingdom, we see kingdom as something really hard for us to, to, to work against, but we have the power to move mountains. We have the authority to move mountains, and the power comes from God and he moves through us. Administered justice... And now I want to talk about releasing hope. It's so important for us to release hope through our faith and gained promises, the eternal rewards that we're going to have when it comes to that final day when we see the Lord Jesus. So first up, subdued kingdoms, moving mountains. I think we're probably all familiar with, with uh, uh, the, the account in Mark 11, and if you're not, let me just quickly paraphrase where we are. Um, Jesus is with his disciples, he's on, um, on a mountainside going down into Jerusalem. He goes down into Jerusalem. On his way down, he sees a fig tree. Fig tree's got no fruit on it. He curses the fig tree. He goes down into Jerusalem, does his thing, comes back the next day, going past the same fig tree. The disciples look at it, and it's withered. And they go, wow, look at that fig tree. And Jesus says, he answered them, have faith in God, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that those things that they say will be done, they will have whatever they say. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe, have faith, that you receive them, and you will have them. Yeah. Wow. And what sort of mountains? I mean, was he talking physical mountains or something else? Well, I don't know, but, you know, if you read through the scriptures, if you read through the Gospels, you can think of accounts, like maybe you can think of the account of when um, the, the, the woman with the issue of blood came to Jesus and the mountain she had was years and years and years of that condition, years of suffering, that was her mountain. And what was her act of faith? Anybody? She, she touched the hem of his garment. She touched the hem of Jesus' garment. And what did Jesus say to her? Your faith has healed you. 
the one of the rewards of our faith is seeing the mountain move. And that mountain in her life was the removal of that suffering in all of those years and a new condition that she was brought into. What about the, the, um, the synagogue ruler who stood there at the same time who probably was bouncing up and down on his, on his, his toes, sort of like, come on, I want you to come now, my daughter's sick. And the, the woman was being grabbing hold of Jesus and Jesus was having a conversation. He's like, no, Jesus, come now. The mountain in his life was the fact that his daughter was sick and eventually when they got back there, they, they found out, or on the way, they found that his daughter had died. That was a massive mountain, was it not? Yeah. yeah. But then Jesus went into that situation and moved the mountain and gave them back their daughter. Or maybe it was feeding of the 5,000. 5,000 men, it says, so we know that it was many more than that there, maybe 10, 15,000 people that were fed on that day. The mountain was the... How could they be fed? And yet Jesus moved that mountain by feeding all of them through faith, and I'll go into that a little bit later. And you go, great, that's wonderful, Robin, wonderful, wonderful. But what we've been hearing is testimonies, and the testimonies are great because what we need to hear is something that's contemporary and up-to-date. It's today, because God is the God of yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same, no matter what. Would we agree with that one? I asked that because I need a sip of water. Okay, and so if we go to the next one, I think. Yeah, subdued kingdoms, moving mountains is what we're talking about. And one more, I think we find the scripture, which we've read. And the next one, please. There we go. So one of the things that I'm part of is the International Christian Chamber of Commerce. It's to do with business. And, you know, a lot of people go, business, really? Can God really work in business? Pah! You know? Um, you guys not here, so I can say, you know, we think of bankers and things. And maybe we think a bit negative, but no. Um, Gunnar Wilson is, is the founder of the organization. He founded it many years ago, probably in the late eight, mid to late 80s. And his book, Business Unlimited, um, it, it's got a great little subtitle here, Memories of the Coming Kingdom. You love that? Memories of the coming kingdom. The kingdom's to come, but we can see it in the here and now. And this is the story of how he saw it in his life. He's still going. I heard him in Sweden just a few months back in November. And he's still sharing messages of faith and of encouragement and signs and wonders and miracles that he sees in his life and in the lives that he touches and the businesses he touches. But I want to get to two of the stories and the accounts that are read or, or that you can read of in here. One of them is an account of the knotted wood and the waste. And the second one is the account of the sealed plastic bags. And you go, really, Robin, are they really mountains? Are they? Well, they were major issues for the, the people there, just the same as the woman with the issue of blood, the synagogue ruler that lost his daughter, and the people who needed feeding. They were mountains. So it's just the same. Do, do we agree that? We, okay, okay, good. So... Let me start off with the knotted wastewood. Gunnar was called into one of his friend's businesses and, and he took along with him one of his uh, finance guys and they had a look at their business. Why? Because the business owner said, look, I don't know what it is, but I'm just not making any profit. And if we don't turn a profit soon, then I'm gonna have to lay off my staff. And if I have to lay off my staff, that's people's livelihoods, jobs, all lost. And, and as a Christian, I don't believe that's right. I, I'm, I've been called to do this business and to provide for these, through God, to provide for these people. 
So he called Gunnar in, and Gunnar went in with his, his uh, finance director, and they, they reviewed the finances. And the business was a business that was uh, making furniture, making wooden furniture. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm really pleased to see that the clock still says 25 minutes. Um, um, and it was all about wooden, making wooden furniture. So, for instance, you know, if you think about making furniture for kitchens, and this is in Scandinavia, nice, plush, wooden kitchens. So they looked through the books and they couldn't see anything that was wrong. The systems were right, the processes were right. What was wrong? But then they saw something and they thought, mm, there seems to be a lot of waste here. And they discovered that 27% of the raw material was wasted. And they're like, wow, that's a lot. What, why is that the case? And they said, well, the reason is that's the wood that's got the knots in it, you know, where you slice the, the planks and, and you end up with the knots in there from where the, the branches are. You've seen those? And, and because of that, we can't use it because we only need nice, crisp, clean wood. We can't use those planks. Oh, we can't use those with knots in. And they said, wow, that's, that seems such a high amount. And they took them outside, and, and uh, um, they, they, as they went outside, they were chatting with the owner, and they said, 27% seems really high. And he says, yes, we've got a mountain of waste wood. And Gunnar thought, a mountain? There's a mountain. We're going to speak to that mountain. So he went outside and declared the, the, the lordship of Jesus over that company and, and spoke to that mountain in authority and declared that that mountain would be moved. Was it moved there and then that minute? No. But then a week later, he gets a call from the owner of the, the factory, who then says, within days of you praying and speaking to the mountain, we had a phone call. It was from uh, one of our major contractors, or one of the major buyers that we have who buys our product. And what they said to us was that they actually wanted to have a special new type of range of kitchen furniture. This was the rustic range. And in the rustic range, they said, we must have knots in the wood. <laughs> Instantly, that 27% was wiped off and they started to turn a profit. The mountain was moved. The mountain was moved in a, what we'd think of a natural sort of way, yes? Rather than perhaps a supernatural way. There were supernatural things there because God was intervening, they'd prayed but it was moved almost in a natural way. Okay, I've got another one, and, and this is the second one, the sealed plastic bags one, and I'm going to read this a little bit more because it's quite significant. Gunner's company is a company called Alpha Pack. You can find this on the internet. You can look it up. And Alpha Pack is a specialist manufacturer of plastic bags. And then, you're looking at me and going, really? Church, Sunday morning, you're talking to me about plastic bags? Yeah, because this is exciting. It's amazing to hear miracles like this. Trust me, it is. One of their biggest products, one of the biggest contracts they have, is to supply the bags that, that, that farmers use to make silage. If you've ever been down in the countryside in the summer and you've seen these big, big rolls of what looks like big black bags, that's really silage that they've prepared and they've put them together. And so it's these big black bags of silage. There's lots that's needed all throughout Europe and they have to, they have to produce so many. They started in December and finished in May the production. They had thousands of pallets of these bags. Thousands. And it was the biggest contract that they had. So, you know, they had to fulfill it. It came to the Friday just before they needed to ship the product 
And the managing director, the general manager of the company came and, sat and saw Gunnar and said, sit down, sit comfortably. Gunnar sat down, he's like, okay. And the guy was really nervous and was obviously um, um, uptight. And, and Gunnar says he was sick. And you could see he was physically sick. He said, we've spent a week looking at these bags. And, and we've had plastic experts come in from all around Europe to look at these bags. But the bags are completely sealed, totally sealed. It's as if they're just one sheet. There should be two sheets, but they're completely sealed. We've had these experts look at them, and they tell us that the molecules have actually merged together, fused at a chemical level, and we can't separate them. We have thousands of pallets that we must throw away. We can't meet this contract. We're going to go bust. The whole thing's down. All that you've put into this over these years is going to go. And amazingly, Gunnar just looked at him and said, well, we'll have to pray then. I don't know about you, but I don't think that would be my natural response straight away. I'd love to think I'd get to that place eventually, but we're learning, we're getting there. We're increasing our faith. But he said, we have to pray. So we have to pray, let's ask God what we should do about this. So they prayed together as a family, and um, they, they, they really believed God say to them, this is the work of the enemy, it's not something from God, and we should speak against it. So on Sunday night, a small group of them went into the, um, into the warehouse, declared the lordship of Jesus over the entire company and over that warehouse, and went around praying over every single pallet. It took them three hours praying over every single pallet of these bags that were completely sealed, fused together, and declaring that they would be opened, speaking to the mountain. He says that was an inspiration, speaking to the mountain. He said, you know, if Jesus could turn water into wine, why couldn't he change the molecular structure so that they would be released again and free? That's, what he, that's, that's the prayer that they were going with. Basically declaring that the bags were healed. Yeah? Monday morning, they go in, and now they've got to test their faith. They've got to open these boxes, and they have everybody in the company, and the company's, you know, a whole mix of people, they're not all Christians, not all understanding what's going on here. And they're opening thousands of boxes. And every single bag, not one, was not sealed. Every single bag was open. Every single bag was open. Thousands of pallets that they were then able to ship. It's, it's, you know, it's not a story, it's an account. It's a, something, it's a testimony. It's something that you and I can get hold of and believe in. Now, that was a supernatural moving of the mountain. So I bring these two things to say this, this. On one side, when we pray and when we act in faith and when we do what God calls us to do, we can see the mountain move. And sometimes it's, it quotes, in the natural, but it's still God doing it. And then over here, we pray perhaps in a different way. Because we hear from God what we're supposed to do and what we're supposed to pray, and we act in faith, and it's a supernatural movement of God. Now, in our business, in our lives, we've seen quite a bit in this space in the natural. We've seen a little bit in the supernatural. But, you know, I'd love to be over that side more and see more in the supernatural and God at work. That's not fair, isn't it? Put the clock on. I've got three minutes left. 
So anyway, the first reward of our faith is mountains will move. Honestly, I believe mountains will move, and we need to believe that. With our mustard seed of faith, we can speak to the mountain, whatever that is in our lives, and God will work on our behalf to either bring it about because of a natural moving or because of a supernatural moving. Beyond the laws of chemistry and physics, plastic bags will open. But also, God will move upon people to pick up the phone and place an order. Yes? So the first reward of our faith is mountains will move. So the question this morning is, what mountain in your life do you need to start speaking to today? What mountain do we, you and I, need to start speaking to today? Okay, so if we move quickly on to the next thing, and this one would need a bit more explanation, so maybe I'll shorten this a little bit, but just jump into it slightly. Administer justice. Administer justice, in other words, releasing hope. Um, you know, Romans 15, 13 is one of my favorite verses, and uh, I have it, uh, Ruth gave it me for uh, a big birthday, inscribed on a piece of glass, and it sits in my study on my window, still facing me every day. It says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, have faith in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you know, time and again, the scriptures use the three things, to, three words together, that we're supposed to have and operate in. Faith, hope, love. Faith, hope, and love. And faith creates a situation where hope can come, and our testimonies of faith gives hope to those who hear them and those who are around. Also, administering justice, faithfully doing what God calls us to do, and I haven't really got the time to go into all of that today, but as we operate in faith and administer justice, we create an environment where the kingdom of God starts to come, and where the kingdom of God starts to come, that releases hope in those around us, because they see what God can do. If you see what I mean? So in this situation, if you think back to Gunnar, when he was releasing the kingdom in that situation, as those folks who weren't Christians were opening those boxes, it released hope in their lives that they think, wow, is that, wow, God, really? And then that questions whether or not God is real, and as we start questioning whether God is real and we start understanding that he is, then it has an impact on our lives and we become Christians. Ultimately, we give our faith. We, we, we put ourselves in the faith that Jesus releases to us. When Jesus fed the... Uh, so one of the things about administering justice, what do we mean by administer justice? Well, one of the meanings of administer justice is bringing the natural world under the authority of the kingdom of God. What do I mean by that? Well, when Jesus was um, uh, feeding the 5,000, he was presented with loaves and fish, wasn't he? And as those loaves and fish came, so he prayed over them and he blessed them. Just in the same way, maybe, as we would do that at, at a mealtime. We might say grace, so to speak. But saying that is not just being grateful for what we've received and, and acknowledging the provider, God himself, but it's a bit more than that. It's actually bringing that food under the jurisdiction of heaven, under the kingdom of heaven. What do I mean by that? What I mean by that is, you know, as we read in Acts 10 and 11, Peter is given the, the, the mandate from God to say, actually, no food is now unclean. You can eat any food. But what must you do? You must consecrate it first. You must make it pure. You must pray over it. So it releases a jurisdiction. As I say, I want to get more into this and maybe another time, but the point is, as we release 
the kingdom into situations and circumstances. God has got the ability to move in that situation. And so if we pray over the situation and bring it under the authority of Jesus, just as Gunnar had done in both cases, if we bring it under Jesus' kingship, then we move it from the world's influence to the possibility of being involved in the kingdom's influence, if you understand what I mean there. Secondly, if we listen to what the Spirit says, and we know that faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of God, then we, we have the word that we need to apply in our situation to see that mountain moved, to see justice administered. But also, as we take action, as we do what God tells us to do, because James says, doesn't it, without faith, no, sorry, without works, faith is dead. So, skip down quickly to the next slide. We've been through a couple of slides here, but if we go to, to the last one, just to conclude in this particular section, thinking about testimonies, Bill Johnson says, firstly, testimonies reveal the nature of God and how he does things, his ways. And secondly, this awareness of who God is creates an expectation in our hearts for God's ways to be manifested in our lives for us to see the rewards of our faith in our day-to-day, -day, as well as in other situations. So here, the second reward of our faith is hope released. Two questions. Have you heard the Spirit prompting you to act in faith in a particular situation? Maybe. And the second question, perhaps is a bit more challenging, is will you be obedient to do what he asks in faith and release hope for those, for you and for those around you? And then the last one that I wanted to bring, and I'll just conclude with this very quickly, is the final one, which is, to be honest, the most important reward of our faith that there is, the eternal reward that we receive. Each one of us who has moved from uh, a place of being in the world to now being in the kingdom of God, if we have made that decision to follow Jesus, if we've accepted what Jesus has done for us with his work on the cross and through the resurrection, if we've accepted that into our lives and we've, we've got that new life in us, then we can be sure that that faith in Jesus grants us a reward that we will be with him forever in heaven. You know, we know that there's everlasting life, that there is an eternity with him. Do you know also, though, the scriptures do seem to indicate that... Um, do seem to indicate that there are extra rewards... I mean, I know we all think that there's just, we go to heaven and that's that. But it does seem to say there's some extra rewards. I don't know if there is or if there isn't. But if there is, I'd like to be on that side. Maybe. Uh, because it does say, doesn't it, in the parables and, and so on, it says, you know, Jesus uses illustrations of the kingdom of heaven and, or the kingdom of God, and he says things that, that will be said by God, things like, well done, good and faithful servant, enter your rest. Bit of a reward. Maybe it's just everybody gets it. But maybe not, because, you know, we need to be good and faithful servants. Don't know. Want to think about it. Another thing it says in the parable of the miners, I think it's in Luke, is it? I, know, can never, I get mixed up between the miners and the talents, but anyway, the one that is the parable of the miners, which is very similar, it says, the king comes back and says, well done, good servant, because you were faithful in a very little thing, have authority over ten cities. Now, if that's an illustration of the kingdom, it's saying that actually there's a reward for being faithful. I don't know. But whether there is additional reward or not, what are your testimonies, your first-hand witness accounts of what you are seeing 
your faith in God and his promises do in your life and how you're communicating them to others around you. How am I communicating them to others around me? Questions we need to ask ourselves. So, the rewards of our faith in God and his promises, three things, moving mountains, releasing hope, and eternal life with him. Three really important things that we gain from our faith in God and his promises. And I wanted to finish with just one verse, well, three verses, but one piece of scripture in Hebrews 10, which is the last one, I think. Hebrews 10, 23 to 25. And this for all of us. Let us hold unswervingly to that hope, that faith that we have, that hope we profess. For he, God, who promised, is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, towards greater testimonies, towards faith in action. Not giving up meeting together like this or in other ways, in home groups or other ways, over a cup of coffee, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, building one another up to see more of our faith in action as we put it into God and his promises. And all the more, why? As we see the day approaching for that eternal reward that you and I are going to receive when we get to that final day. Thank you for listening to this week's message. For any more information or to find out more of what we do as a church, you can contact us at info at centrechurch.uk or check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.